sacrificing to God and sharing the gospel. So let's welcome Anthony Gonzalez, a very good friend of mine. I'll stand on the stage. It doesn't matter to me. Whatever. How are you guys doing? Thank you for, uh, I just want to first of all praise God. Uh, you know, he's so awesome and, and merciful and, you know, I don't deserve to be up here um, sharing his grace and his mercy and, and just talking about him. You know, I'm, <coughs> I came from a wretched past of sin and, and he chose to save me. And I just want to, you know, in front of all of you, just praise God right now. Um, I just want you to think about your walk with Christ and, and think about where would you be today if someone never reached out to you or told you about the loving grace of Jesus Christ? Would any of you be here? I know I wouldn't. I'd spend my Sunday mornings playing football or basketball or, or you know, finding something else to do. But I'm thankful for that day that someone took the courage and sacrifice their reputation or, or the way I would feel about them to really open up and say, hey, man, there's, this, there's a God, and he created us, and he loves you, and what you're doing is wrong, and this is what you have to do. And um, for me, I was seven years old, and it was my babysitter. You know, you would think seven years old, but, you know, it's, it's the truth. You know, she... She laid it out for me. She took me into the room. She had her little Bible track, and she said, <clears throat> you know, this is, we're sinners. This is, she laid it out for me. We're sinners. We've fallen from grace, but Jesus Christ paid the, Christ, uh, the price for our sins. And if you choose him and you follow him and you repent from your sin, you'll be saved. And at seven years old, I said uh, the sinner's prayer. Uh, the, the prayer doesn't save you. The repenting does. But I said the prayer, and you know, I, I truly accepted Christ into my life, and <clears throat> I went to, to church with my mom through the, you know, through the years, and then um, it, I moved to Florida to live with my dad because my parents were divorced, and I, I went to high school, and I was sitting by myself, and I'll never forget this, uh, this kid came up with his girlfriend. His name was Mike Moreland, and he's like, hey, we're having a revival. Do you go to church? And I was like, uh, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'd love to go out of nowhere, and so you know, that's where I really had a true experience with the Holy Spirit at that church, and I, I just fell in, in love with God and, and was on fire. And uh, had, you know, had the babysitter not had the courage to, to share her faith with me and had Mike not had the courage to, you know, just come up to some guy sitting on a bench and invite him to a revival, I wouldn't probably be here today. And who knows where I would be. I probably wouldn't be married to my wife because I met her at church. I wouldn't have my beautiful children. I wouldn't have a great friend in Chad. Um, but starting off, um, if you don't mind opening to Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. It says, uh, oh, I'll wait till you guys get there. I got it all marked off in mine. All right, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching and in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. <clears throat> for this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John 
himself was clothed in camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. <clears throat> so why would Jesus need someone to come and, and proclaim him? I mean, he's God. He could just show up and be like, hey, I'm God. I created you. You know, the, the halo and the angels coming and, they, hey, here I am, you know, worship me. But he chose to have, you know, John prepare a way for him. He chose to have a witness for his, uh, for his glory and his honor. And it kind of, I, I was thinking about that and I thought about, have you ever known anyone who, who's um, like come up or you talk to who you really don't know and they're like, hey man, you know, I'm, I'm a great We'll say guitar over here. I'm a great guitar player, man. I could shred it up. And you're like, you know, probably like, yeah, okay. I bet you're all right. You know, that's one thing. But when you have someone else testify, man, that guy over there, he could really rip it up on a guitar, man. That guy can, you know, tear it up. You, you know, it, it means more when somebody is testifying of you than when you testify of yourself. <clears throat> and, and witnessing, there's really two ways that we witness you know, in our daily lives. The first is indirectly, and the second is directly. Like the skit that we saw here, that's direct witnessing. You know, that's, hey, you know, what are you doing? You know, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. <laughs> Just to put it kind of bluntly, but you know what I mean. Um, indirectly <clears throat> is basically the way we live our lives. Um, if you want to turn to Philippians 2.14. I don't know why I'm flipping my Bible. I have it written down here. <laughs> Maybe if I flip, it'll be about the same time you guys take, huh? All right, it says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You know, we don't realize the impact that we have, just our everyday lives living it out, you know, how we reflect jesus christ and the way we live especially for people who don't who know that we're christians um kind of a, a story that you know when i was 17 years old um i'm not proud of this story but it's something that i learned from and it helped me to grow um i had just gotten out of church i was with my girlfriend we drove up to the store i was not taking her home and uh i went and grabbed a couple things and went to the counter and you know i'm paying for them and the guy behind the counter goes so you're a christian huh and I was like, wow, man, this guy knows I'm a Christian. I must be like some kind of super aura around me or, whoo, you know. And then I looked down and I had my Christian shirt on. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I looked at the counter at what I was buying. And I said, oh, yeah. It's two things that I was buying. One was a Reese's peanut butter cup and the other was a pack of condoms. Everything that we do. testifies of who we are and at that moment what I did was put Christ back up on the cross so you're a Christian those are words I'll never forget I thank God for that lesson and I thank God for the chance to redeem myself <clears throat> Practice what you preach. How important is it to those that are lost? How important was it to that guy behind the counter? 
Maybe he was a Christian. Maybe it was just a great lesson. Or maybe he didn't know God. And he said, yeah, I thought so. I wasn't surrendering or sacrificing at that moment. All right, um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. Go ahead and turn there if you don't mind. It says, you are, a light, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, we're called to be ambassadors. We're called to represent Christ so that when people look at us, they think, man, I want to be like that. I want to know who Jesus is. Just recently, um, I was sitting on the couch, and my wife received a phone call, and, and I could tell right away it was important because she got real serious, and, and she was talking, and <clears throat> if she went on for about five minutes, and she hung up the phone, and she said, you know, that was my good friend, uh, I think it was Jessica or something, you know, we went to high school together, and, and her niece is sick, she's having seizures, and she's in the hospital, and they can't figure out what's wrong, and she said that her friend told her, I had to call you because I know that you guys go to church and I know that you're a Christian. I know that you guys pray. You know, <clears throat> we don't have to go out slapping people in the head with the Bible all the time. You know, you know, just the way we live our lives can show somebody, hey, that, that, that person's got to figure, that person knows God. And it really struck me that, you know, you don't realize what an impact just living your life for Christ and living, you know, living right and doing what you're supposed to, being obedient to God. How, you know, what that impact has on the people around you who don't know Christ. And uh, <clears throat> you don't have to be a super Christian to make an impact. It's just the truth. If you live your life right, if you sacrifice and you surrender your life to God, he's going to do all the work. All you have to do is be obedient. Um, being a witness to the world, <clears throat> you know, just, just another example um, in the upcoming issue of Lake Mary Magazine, which is a magazine that goes to every resident in the Lake Mary area, some in Sanford and in the surrounding areas, our, my family is going to be uh, actually an article on our family in that magazine. You know, it's, we didn't ask, you know, we didn't do anything special. God's doing the work. But <clears throat> they're doing an article on my daughter, which is a special needs child, and the way that our church has stepped in a gap and provided for us emotionally and uh, financially. And, and it's, it's a worldly magazine, and they're going to be doing a story on how a church is helping a family with a special need. And I think that's such an awesome uh, display of, of how God can, you know, we don't have to go out and do the work. If we're obedient and we do what we're supposed to do and we're where God needs us to be, he's going to provide those chances and those opportunities for us. Just like our lives can negatively impact people's lives if we live our lives right, uh, we can impact them for Christ. And uh, <clears throat> the second part of witnessing is more of the direct kind, like like the skit that we saw. Um, you know, the we, I've been watching with Chad a lot of the way of the master stuff and and learning how to, you know, <clears throat> we've witnessed before. I remember one time me and this guy went out to Universal Studios and he got us booted out, gave a track to a security guard or something. And we've, we, had no, we had it in the, we wanted to do it. We had the desire, but we didn't know what we were doing. And I, I just thank God for this way of the master. It, just, it, 
Now you know, you have a direction. We were just all over the place. Now you're focused, you have a direction, and, and you know where you're going. But honestly, uh, to a lot of Christians, witnessing is like a curse word. You're like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a scary thing. It can be, um, it can be daunting. What, what if I don't say the right things? What if this happens? What if, what if, what if? We fill our hearts with doubt, and we talk ourselves out of it before we can even give it a chance, you know? Um, the next verse here is the Great Commission. Uh, just uh, on a whim, does anyone know that by heart? Okay. I was going to let somebody stand up and say it if they did, but. Go, go. Let, let, let me give it. Go ye therefore. Yep. Oh, y'all need to live <laughs> Right, that's that's homework today. Glory to God. That's, that's going to be the chant. <laughs> All right. Well, Matthew 28, uh, 9, uh, 29 and 30 says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I mean, the last part of that verse is really, I mean, it just brings so much comfort to my heart. You know, we get ourselves worked up and say, what am I going to say and what am I going to do? But Jesus said, Jesus himself said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <clears throat> it's, he's given us personal assurance that no matter what happens, he's going to be there with you. He's going to be there speaking through you. And I have this picture of, you know, I was a little nervous about, I'm not a speaker. I, I play guitar and just keep my mouth shut and just, you know, go to town. But... <clears throat> I was like, man, what am I going to do? I'm not, I'm not funny. I'm not, you know, this and that. And I just started feeling my, you know, the, the enemy was filling me with this doubt. And, and God just gave me the pic, uh, this picture of uh, like a clay jar and with water in it. And God said, you're the jar, man. I, I'm just going to pick you up and I'm going to pour my word right out. And I was like, wow, you know, if we look at, you know, evangelism that way, we don't have to do the work. We're just the tool that God uses. We're the vessel. He's going to do the work, and he's going to be there, you know, working through us. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go to Jeremiah, uh, chapter 20, verse 7 through 10. Um, this is Jeremiah really crying out to God. Uh, he had just gotten thrown in jail, and uh, by I think it was the high priest. His name was Fashur. <clears throat> and, um, he, you know, he was very unpopular. His ministry was very unpopular at the time. They were under... Uh, under bondage to Egypt and then to um, Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, at the start of, of verse 7, it says, O Lord, you induced me, and I was persuaded. You were stronger than I and have prevailed. I am in de derision daily. Everyone mocks me. For when I spoke, I cried out. I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made, the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor will I speak of his, nor will I speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. For I heard many mocking, fear on every side. Report, they say, and we will report it. Meaning, go ahead and say it, and then we're going to turn your words back around on you. Just like the, the priest tried to do to Jesus in his day. All my acquaintances watch for my stumbling, saying, Perhaps he can be induced. Then we will prevail against him 
and we will take our revenge on him. And a lot of times that's a mentality that we have going into evangelism is I know I'm going to say something wrong and somebody's going to jump on me and, you know, I'm not going to be able to say the right things. But if you read on to verse 11 here, just like Jesus said, lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. Verse 11 says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed for they will not prosper and everlasting confusion Their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. You know, we we have our our mindset. I mean, we live in the world, and it's hard not to have a worldly mindset. But we we serve a sovereign God who's in control. He knows all things, and he knows the hearts of every man. God is mighty, and he is with us. He'll speak for us. He'll speak through us. Don't let fear steer your boat. Let your faith steer your boat. You know, the udder, or I think it's called an udder, the rudder, there we go. It's the smallest thing on the boat, but it steers it. Let it be your faith and not your fear. What is needed to testify? Well, first, surrender. If you turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 6, verse 8. The other way. All right, it says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. It's as simple as being available. You know, surrender your life to the Lord and he can do great things through you. Just picture like back in, you know, the Roman times when the soldiers, they had all their armor and they had their swords. Just picture, like, saying there's an occupying force coming in. The soldiers are getting their stuff ready, and they grab their sword, and they run out. And the soldier looks down, and he's got this old beaten-up sword with holes in it, and it's not sharp. How do you think he's going to feel? How do you think God feels when we don't prepare our hearts and we don't sharpen ourselves, sharpen our skills? We don't pray, and we're not ready for the time when he needs us. You know, when the soldier pulls out his sword, he wants that bad boy to be sharp, you know. That way, one swipe and the enemy's down. So we need to be sharp in our hearts, and we need to be prepared for when God moves, we can go. The second is sacrifice, to give up. What have we sacrificed? I I know a great example with Chad is television. You know, I've had people in my own family make fun of Chad, say, oh, he's going to drown his kids in the bathtub. He's a wacko. That's the kind of sacrifice it takes to live fully for God. And people of this world don't understand that. They think it's stupid. They think it's foolishness. And what's wrong with this guy? No, he's sold out. He's not perfect, but he loved Jesus in his heart. And man, I commend you for that, because that's something that I'm still struggling with. <clears throat> John the Baptist was the wild man, literally. I mean, he lived in, the, he, he could probably nappy head, <laughs> bugs crawling on him, but, you know, it didn't matter. He had it figured out. I'm going to live my life for God, not this world. Clothed in camel's hair. I mean, can you imagine how bad that stunk? 
you know, I, I just want you guys to, to think about where you would be today. Like I said earlier, where would you be today if someone didn't have the courage to tell you about Jesus Christ? Where would we be if God didn't reach down and touch our hearts? We'd be going to hell. So we have to surrender. We have to sacrifice. Sacrifice our reputation. I know it's hard. It's hard at work. Not everybody's going to like you. But everybody can respect you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for...